Welcome back, one and all, to the Our Outdoors portion of your weekend. I am your host, Nick Simonson, outdoors writer with my materials online at NewsDakota.com and DakotaEdge.com. So much great stuff to be reading about. And boy, with this shift back to spring, so many great things to be doing out there in the outdoors. Of course, we got the tail end of turkey season going on right now. If you haven't filled those tags because it's been too cold, too wet, too rainy, too snowy, whatever it might be, now is your chance. We've got some great spring-like weather coming here as the end of April rolls through and May begins. A lot of fun to be had. Waters are warming. Crappies are running up into the shallows. You're starting to see some smallmouth bass movement. Just so much fun happening right now. Walleye spawn is in full gear. You may find some hit and miss action there, but we are getting reports from around the state, whether you're on the Missouri River or the Red River or rivers and lakes in between. Those fish are getting active. They are biting jigs and minnows, jigs and plastics. Maybe you're ripping a few cranks, pitching them through the shallows. Boy, there are just so many ways to catch the state's favorite fish. And, of course, those pike are coming off the spawn, too. They're going to be feeding. You just have so many different incredible options here in North Dakota to get out there, and there's a lot of fun to be had. So take advantage of these awesome days, these warmer days, as these fish get more active and you have a chance to get out there and catch quite a few. So fill those turkey tags. Get out there fishing. Now is the time, prime time, to be having a lot of fun. And we are in prime time for another great project that's happening on the eastern border of North Dakota in the Red River Basin, thanks to the Minnesota DNR and their 20-year phase one of the sturgeon restoration program. That's right, Lake Sturgeon going back into the waters where they have been extirpated as a result of water quality issues and low head dams breaking up and fragmenting their habitat over the last 100 years. But with some incredible changes and a great program, we are seeing these fish show up up to 60 inches in length on the Red River and points between Lake Winnipeg and their spawning grounds. That info is coming up right after the break. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Hey, we are at the tail end of a very exciting restoration story in the Red River Basin, and a lot of that comes to us from the good folks at the Minnesota DNR in that Red River Fisheries District. And with us today is Nick Clute. He's the Red River Fisheries District Specialist for the Minnesota DNR, working on restoring these great lake sturgeon to the area. Nick, welcome to the show. Hey, Nick. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, super exciting for me. I love the lake sturgeon and the possibilities we're seeing with restoration, you know, coming from the Rainy River and now in the Red River Basin. Let's talk about it. Number one, where are these fish at after almost two decades of stocking in the Red River Basin? Yeah, so we started stocking them in 2002 as part of our uh, phase one of the reintroduction. And the goal there was mainly to reintroduce fish to the system. And to that end, uh, DNR focused on lakes, particularly Otter Tail Lake and Detroit Lake. And then our partners in this, uh, White Earth Natural Resources, they focused on round and white earth lakes uh, in Becker County, just north of Detroit Lakes. And then a little later in 2002, uh, the Red Lake DNR uh, started stocking Red Lake uh, in 2007. Now, as we move into phase two of this restoration, we're really making a move toward natural reproduction. And so in 2023 into 2029, um, we're going to focus more on rivers and cease that lake stocking. So that stocking will move over toward the Otter Tail River, the Buffalo River, and the Red Lake River, and at a lower rate than we had been stocking. Along with that, we're also continuing to do habitat improvements around the Red River Basin, and most of this is connectivity restoration. As your listeners may or may not know, lake sturgeon require vast 
scales of river connectivity to complete their life cycle. They move hundreds of miles on an annual basis. And around the Red River Basin, uh, we have a legacy of dam construction. And those dams fragmented the river uh, into smaller segments where you just couldn't get those fish to the habitat they needed uh, to carry out their life cycle. But on that front, uh, concurrent with that stocking program, uh, we've been aggressively pursuing dam removal projects as well as other barriers to fish movement. And of the 77 uh, dams or major fish barriers in the Red River Basin on the Minnesota side, we've been able to remove 40 of those with an additional eight removals set for the near future in the next one to five years. It's an exciting prospect to see those river miles open up. Talk about how the dam removal becomes this really nice, easily accessible riffle complex. So when we go in and we remove a dam, the first and foremost thing we want to make sure in a lot of cases is that we don't impact the water level of the lake up above the dam. And the dams in almost every case are non-operable. They're just a passive weir, so that's a wall that's maintaining the upstream water level. We go in and we set a stone weir uh, using four to six foot diameter boulders that does that exact same work as that previous dam. Then every 15 to 20 feet or so, we'll step the river down with an additional line of boulders. So to the untrained eye, it looks like a natural gentle cascade. And from an engineering perspective, what we're doing is we're basing the construction of that riffle on the swimming performance of a lake sturgeon. Despite their very large size, lake sturgeon are not strong swimmers and they have trouble negotiating barriers. So by converting the four-foot fall of the old lock at Dunton Locks in Detroit Lakes into a gentle riffle, we now can pass fish up that uh, much more well-distributed flow Yeah, it's definitely a cool process to see that transformation take place. Nick, when we're talking about all these past efforts of the last two decades since 2002, where do we find the population in terms of numbers and size for sturgeon in the basin? Well, we'll start with the size of fish. Um, Right now we're seeing fish ranging from 10 inches all the way up to 60 inches, with a lot of those fish distributed in the 10 to 50 inch range right now. And, you know, obviously the ages of those fish are tied to when we uh, started stocking. So 19 years is going to be about the max age of fish in that system. We're talking with Nick Clute. He is the Minnesota DNR Red Rivers Fisheries Specialist. Nick, are you seeing an increase in reproduction i know in my interviews in the previous five years we were starting to see ripe males we were starting to see ripe females in those upper tributaries what are you seeing in terms of fish ready to reproduce yeah so in uh 2019 we really had an exciting happening as far as this program is concerned Uh, we discovered our first sexually mature female Um, she was caught below big pine dam on the otter tail river just north of perham And that was our first sexually mature female. And, you know, she was one of 80 lake sturgeon uh, that were handled that spring, and she was the only one that was observed running eggs. Now, there may have been some that were ready to go in a day, five days, but she was the only one we saw. And that's kind of right on the timeline we would expect with this reintroduction. We started stocking in 2002, 
These females typically are going to mature at uh, ages 22 to 26, but because it's a reintroduced population, you can move that up about five years. So as we move forward with monitoring this spring, uh, we're really hopeful that we'll see some more of those females ready to go. Here's hoping you find a lot of those fish on uh, bo- in both genders that are ready to go. We're talking with Nick Clute, Minnesota DNR Red River Fisheries Specialist, in regard to the sturgeon projects in the Red River Basin. So looking ahead to that survey, obviously you're, you're itching and raring to go to get out there, having missed last year. Uh, what are the survey plans coming up for 2021, and how do DNR agents go about surveying sturgeon? The methods we typically use in the spring is we will go below some of these riffles or dams that are still in existence and we will electrofish for them then we will bring them back on shore and work them up um, simply because when you have a fish that's 50 inches on a small river shocking boat it's not the most practical to be doing a, a fish workup so for our safety and for the fish's safety it's just much better to put it in a tank and then bring it to a shore station to work it up. We'll be continuing our tagging program this spring. That uses a dangler tag that is attached uh, externally to the fish. What you may not see is every one of those fish is also a pit tagged. And a pit tag is essentially like the chip you'd put inside your bird dog. We can scan that fish. It'll give us a unique identifier. We can then link that to when we last encountered that fish. And from there, we can do growth and all that sort of uh, data from the fish. Another thing that's going to be new this year is an acoustic telemetry project. Now, this is an active fish tracking project uh, where we will surgically implant transmitters into 30 lake sturgeon. And from roughly the Breckenridge-Wapiton area all the way up to Lake Winnipeg, the south basin of Lake Winnipeg, the Winnipeg, and the Assiniboine rivers in Canada are all covered uh, with acoustic receivers. These are essentially hydrophones that are pre-positioned on the river bottom to listen for these sturgeon as they disperse throughout the system. And the goal of this project is, number one, to learn a little bit about these fish's movements. And the second major goal of this is if DNR is going to have a long-term monitoring program for these fish, um, similar to, say, your lake survey program, well, we need to know when and where is the most effective place to sample them. And that's a long-term project. Uh, Tag life on those fish is going to be six years. And the reason for that is we need to see if those trends are stable across what we hope are a variety of river conditions. That is one of the coolest things I think I've heard in fishery science in a long time. So congratulations on that. That's very, very interesting. So when you have such a large range, and maybe now, comment on now and then obviously in the future, where are you hearing anglers catching these stock sturgeon, uh, whether it's a, you know an incidental catch or they're reporting it? Are you seeing much movement from where they're stocked in these headwaters down to, say, Lake Winnipeg? Where are they starting to show up? Yeah, um, one of the furthest movements that I'm aware of would be one that was tagged uh, in the Ottertail River in the vicinity of Orwell Dam by Fergus Falls. That fish was last detected transiting Loon Narrows uh, into the north basin of Lake Winnipeg. It accomplished that in the span of about a month, as I recall. Jeez. So when I say these fish move vast distances, I mean that in all sincerity. Uh, in 
other lake sturgeon tracking projects uh, around the U.S., it's not uncommon to have a fish hanging out in a preferred habitat for quite a long time, months on end, and then all of a sudden up and appear several hundred miles away with its next detection. They are incredible long-distance movers. Um, as to where anglers are encountering them, uh, you know, it's funny you brought up some of our uh, dam removals and river restorations, uh, those rock arch rapids as we call them, as really good shore fishing sites. On the Red River, a lot of anglers who report tagged lake sturgeon are fishing below those, and that appears to be excellent sturgeon uh, foraging habitat because we get tag returns from those locations across the summer. That's exciting and a certainly a unique catch for for anglers who might be looking for catfish or other other species. When we're talking about spawning, when we're talking about these fish returning to their grounds, do they imprint like a salmon on their stocking spot and that fish that's all the way at Lake Winnipeg has to swim all the way back to the otter tail or do they find the most opportune spot along that stretch? You know, that's a tough question to answer, especially in a reintroduced population. We know that there is homing uh, within Lake Sturgeon where they will return to those spawning grounds. Now, whether they imprint on that or whether they learn it is a little bit of a matter of debate. You will see immature male lake sturgeon following mature lake sturgeon to these spawning locations. So perhaps there's something in the biology of the fish where the immature follows the mature, learns where to go, but then that kind of creates a chicken and the egg argument of, well, how did they learn to go there to begin with? And so to be entirely honest, uh, the science on that is not crystal clear at this point just a fascinating species altogether and it's always been one that's kind of puzzled me and intrigued me i might argue with you that i think they're pretty strong swimmers up on the rainy when you hook into one it can be pretty challenging (laughs) (laughs) yeah and you know what a guy's feeling when you're fighting those if you look at that fish's shape you know it's really analogous to putting your hand out the window of your car when you're on the highway and then just tilting it down ever so slightly and you feel all the weight of that air forcing it downward you know that's pretty much how a sturgeon conserves energy and lives on the bottom it's hydrodynamically evolved to be very efficient to stay on the bottom and when we say they're a weak swimmer that's relative to their size and relative to the velocity of water through a barrier that they can pass that makes sense when we're talking about the physics of it all wrapping up here with nick clute minnesota dnr red river Fisheries specialist nick when can anglers up and down the red river expect a fishery like we see on the rainy and in other areas where the fish have been restored that is probably going to be years in the making here um, it's important to remember that these female lake sturgeon uh, can live to be 80 to 150 years old and we only just started really getting serious about reintroducing them in 2002 so we're dealing with 19 year old fish with max ages out to that 80 and 150. So in the future, we certainly hope to have that fishery similar to the rainy, but for now, the catch and release season for lake sturgeon in the Red River Basin is open from March 1st to April 14th, and then from June 16th to April 14th. So there are opportunities there, even if they're incidental or not as dense. Nick, we thank you so much for the work you're doing to restore these great fish to the Red River and for being on the show today. 
Hey, thanks for having me. And, you know, it's important to note that I'm not the only guy working on this. I'm just part of a larger team. But thanks again. You bet. And pass our thanks along to them. So some awesome information there from Nick Clute with the Minnesota DNR. I hope you've enjoyed the extended cut focusing on these great fish. And I hope to see you soon in our outdoors.